0: Here we go. This comes to us from our good friend, Jordan Maywood. Steamed clams. You call hamburger steamed ham? Yes. Debra! Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical list. This show is one in which I pour forth all the various media I have consumed, be it movie, television, book, game, internet, or other. It basically covers everything. It covers all human existence, really, when you think about it, when you boil it right down. And I hope you do, and make a delicious broth out of it. Um, What else do I say at the top? Uh, Spoilers, possible. As you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so, you know, I warn of it. Like a good spoiler warning should. Uh, I think without... Oh, shit. Forgot to get my little timer, not timer. I don't use a timer anymore, but I do have a series of buttons for the various uh, segments that I can push. So that's something that I didn't always have. You know what? I should give a little plug for that. Simple board. B-O-A-R-D, simple board. Uh, Yeah, basically, you can assign uh, buttons. I think you can do up to six, and I happen to have six segments, so that worked out nicely. Where I just push a button and it plays a sound. Uh, So I'm going to push one of said buttons right now, like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Long Movie Diapers, diapers to wear for long movies. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Jenny Slate colon Stage Fright. Now, I often don't bring back stand-up comedy uh, because I find it's difficult to talk about on the podcast. It's someone just, well, standing up and doing comedy. So, uh, not much to say other than it was good or it was bad. I laughed. There was jokes. Uh, this one has a bit more of a feel of a one-woman show, though, so uh, I thought it would bring it back for that reason and also because uh, I-, I loved it so much. Uh, easy to give a 5 out of 5. Uh, Jenny Slate, uh, have known for a long time, she's an incredible funny woman, um, and this just demonstrates it very much and made me like her very much because it, she really sort of uh, opens herself up a lot and we get to see sort of her life and uh, the inner workings of her mind let's say and uh, it's a delight and she's a delight and i love her and i love this and watch it wow i didn't know i was gonna plug it so well there but i feel like i did moving on to movie the second the irishman which should be movie two through freaking four because it's so goddamn long as people are no doubt aware, because it's like a joke now to make fun of the length of it. And I just fell in line with making fun of it, which I said I wasn't going to do. Well, I didn't actually say that. Uh, It's good. It's fine. It's a Scorsese movie, for sure. Uh, Rating-wise, I'll go 3. And if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, 3 is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And uh, I think that very much fits with this movie, because uh, it's unlikely I will sit down for three plus hours uh, and watch this again uh that being said i i I did watch it in two parts um which you know probably not unusual for this like i didn't not that i wouldn't necessarily like uh sometimes i like when i'm working from home i have a movie on in the background and uh, a a three hour long movie probably good choice for that situation uh and you know why not why not uh it's about you know jimmy hoffa Gangsters, Scorsese-nesses, it, it, it's fine. It's a, it, it's a good movie, and I enjoyed it, and the acting. Uh, oh, the, the whole CGI to making people look younger thing, I, I thought was done very, very well. Like, uh, it, it was it was hard to tell. I, I, I never really made note of it. I, I think it's the biggest compliment I can give it. I, I never said, oh, well, that looks kind of weird. Uh, you know, that is the the greatest compliment you can give to that sort of thing, I do believe, that you didn't notice it. Moving on to Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Yes, been friggin' dying to see this movie. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, I don't know if he's my favorite director, but may very well be. Uh, just in terms of, I don't, I can't think of a movie he's done that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed. Just sort of, period. Even even ones, like, uh, I don't know, what, what ones do people not like, not like necessarily? Uh, Jackie Brown, do people not like Jackie Brown? I don't know why I thought that. Anyways, uh, like all of his movies, this one is no exception. And uh, is like... The Irishman is a Scorsese movie. This movie is a Tarantino movie. Very, very much so. Easy. So, so very easy for me to give a 5 out of 5. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, the, the two... <laughs> what's his name? Brad Pitt. Forgot Brad Pitt's name. Wow. Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio... Uh... Don't often have I feel like uh, uh, big names like that in Quentin Tarantino movies. I, I feel more a little more character actory. Maybe it's because these two are uh, uh, older now that he's putting them in movies, which I, I think is a smart move uh, to do so. And they are incredible in it. Uh, just sort of buddies, like in terms of uh, um, friends, male friends in a movie. Is there a better example of two just 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 really good close male friends? I don't know. It's not like a buddy cop movie. It's just like they're they're friends. They're buddies. They and and do they ever? I don't think they ever do argue with one another. Like they always just sort of get along, um, which is unusual. I I feel like whenever there's friends in a movie, there's gonna be. Sort of uh, that portion of the movie where they don't like one another, I feel like. It, it's sort of the default, and, and this goes against that, which is one of the reasons I like it, I think. It also sort of revolves around the whole, uh, 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 what's his name, Charles Manson uh, murders and such. So, you know, that's in the background there. Uh, uh, the Mrs., who I watched this with, knows a lot about that. Like, she's sort of fascinated by that. So she sort of knew the differences between... Uh, real life and what happened in this movie, which uh, was I, I thought it was interesting because because I didn't know necessarily all the differences, like some things were pretty obvious, especially towards the end, where uh, I won't give it away, but what happens in the movie and what happens in real life are quite a bit different, let's just say. Um, so you know, There's that. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I highly, highly recommend. Two hours and 41 minutes I see here, and it did not feel like that at all. Moving on to Three From Hell by Rob Zombie. Uh, Yeah, The Mrs. and I also watched this one. She's a big Rob Zombie fan. Um, After barely surviving a brutal police shootout, the demented Firefly clan unleash a whole new wave of murder, madness, and mayhem. The three M's, basically. Basically, the three M's. Uh, Yeah, it's a... uh, Oh my god, you know what I just realized? This is very much a Rob Zombie movie. So, uh, that's sort of strange, and very much unplanned, that with the exception of Jenny Slate, which I suppose by definition is a Jenny Slate movie, uh, these movies so perfectly fit into each of these directors' sort of milieu to use a French word and sound fancy, uh, that it's it, it's freakish that I've put them all together in one here for some reason. Because if you've ever seen a Rob Zombie movie, uh, th- you'll feel right at home. If you've ever seen a Quentin Tarantino movie, you would have felt right at home. If you've ever seen a Scorsese movie, you will feel right at home. It's, it's sort of a spot on examples of each of the types of work that they do. Uh, this one, Of the movies in this sort of franchise, I guess it is, Uh, not my favorite, but it was fun. And one thing I will say about these movies, (laughs) I don't know if I've ever felt it so much as I did in this one, that everyone is always, like, dirty in them. (laughs) Just, like, physically dirty. I don't mean, like, they do dirty things, although I suppose sometimes they do, but I mean, like, literally, like, covered in dirt and blood and, and, and who knows what. And after watching it for... One hour and 55 minutes oh yeah this as well went by quicker uh, i should say I, I like start to feel dirty and itchy just watching all these people constantly f- covered in filth for the whole film and i don't like that they need to have showers all of them more uh and, and they need to clean their clothes Ugh, make, makes me sick and maybe that's part of it maybe the uncomfortability of seeing people constantly filthy is part of Rob Zombie's uh, M.O. Hmm, question mark. Okay, rating wise, three from Hal. I'll go just shy of four. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was uh, it was good. It was uh, if you like these kind of movies, there's no reason I don't think that you won't like this one. Um, crazy people doing crazy stuff, super super ridiculously violent, and uh, you know, good clean dirty fun. Moving on to. Talk today's television talk sponsor is Larg's Klingon Guitar Lessons. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, throwing in two here, I haven't uh, the, have really spoken of Voyager too much Star Trek Voyager, that is. That the missus and I are uh chugging along through. We're into season three, we got seven of nine on board now, so that's pretty cool. But uh, I wanted to talk about this episode, season three. Uh, episode 22 called Real Life. Just because it's one of my favorite episodes. Um, probably my favorite, which uh, maybe we'll talk about another time, is the two-parter uh, Year of Hell. That might be my favorite. Uh, and, and we literally just finished watching those. Um, so this is a, this is a, some episodes back. Uh, basically it revolves around the Doctor. The uh, uh, Holographic Doctor creating for himself a holographic family. Um, to, you know, come home to at the end of a long day. Although he doesn't get tired or require sleep, so I'm not really sure what length of days have to do with that. Anyways, there's there's some oddities like that. And the other oddity, I should say, uh, on, on, a, on an amazing episode that uh, makes me always sort of Uh, realize that this actor, Robert Picardo, in this role, uh, there's a reason he's my favorite Doctor, and it's a a sort of depth of acting like this, I do believe. Um, Anyways, um, what was I saying? Uh, So he creates this holographic family and uh, has people over to meet them. Uh, Then I question there is, Uh, do people eating food at a holographic table in the hologram taste the food? Is the food replicated using the same technology and sort of appears on the plates? Uh, is it empty calories because it's not actual food? Many questions revolving around food and hologram, holographic stuff. Anyways, um... Uh, and they sort of point out that he created the perfect family, uh, where, where no one, like, it's totally unrealistic to what an actual family is. So, uh, Balana tweaks it a little bit to be a little more realistic, and then shit uh, goes awry. Uh, the son gets involved with a bunch of, uh, like, like, a on gang, uh, the wife is overworked and uh, never home. Uh, more career-focused sort of thing. Uh, the daughter, uh, a bit of a brat at first, but eventually, and this is where it really sort of comes apart, um, she gets in an accident and dies. And the doctor sort of has a choice there. Can he just turn off this whole scenario? It's, it's not real, after all. It's a hologram, and never return. Or can he turn it back on and live through the death of his daughter? So, uh, just insane uh, uh, choice that he has to make. Uh, uh, he does decide to live through it. Um, and then we never see these people again. And, th- and that's sort of my question there. Does he live through this death of his daughter and, and, it, and it sort of hurts him so much that he decides that well that that's it I am, I'm not doing this ever again which feels like a bit of a cop out like it feels like the lesson learned at the end of the episode is sometimes you have to live through the bad of life in order to appreciate the good uh, but then <laughs> he just sort of deletes his family it feels like because we never see them ever again I don't think I, I, I'm fairly confident we don't so then the lesson feels a little less uh, impactful, let's say. Uh, regardless, a uh, great episode and uh, it's sort of the combination of technology allowing you to do a story that wouldn't be able to happen otherwise um, that is really, really sort of deep and, and thoughtful. So I bring it up here to talk about it. So let's move on. Let's definitely change tack here, but talking about Letter Kenny, season 1 to 7, yes, yes, uh, this will come out, I don't know when, but after Christmas, I do believe, but, uh, I got for the missus, not that she listens to this, anyways, uh, uh a subscription to Crave TV, um, uh, I'm recording this actually on, uh, give you a little behind the scenes, as I like to do from time to time, uh, from my perspective, it's December 24th, ah, so, uh, um, yeah, got her, uh, got her subscription to uh, Crave TV because it's got all sorts of uh, shows that I know she will like. And uh, uh, we're quite often looking for things to watch together. And uh, just looking at the selection there, I, I feel like there was a lot to offer. So I got her that and uh, uh, had to get a Fire Stick too. Since apparently in Canada, Crave not available on Roku. Come on, people, get that. Get, get it together. God for some reason. So, uh, there's that. Uh, also debating anyone listening to this audience participation time. Uh, you can do just crave, which is what I've done, or you can sort of roll it together with HBO as well. And, uh, really tempted to do that. I'm I going to wait a bit to see how well just crave by itself does, but, uh, uh potentially will uh, tack on the HBO as well. Although, you know, that's an extra hundred dollars a year or whatever, which In terms of how much use—that's always my sort of thought. Sounds like a lot, especially if you say it per month. It sounds like a lot, but when you consider the hours that it could potentially uh, fill, (laughs) for lack of a better word, uh, I feel like the dollar to hours ratio is probably pretty good in terms of, especially HBO, where like every show is pretty much uh, spot-on, good, clean, or dirty, fun. Anyways, back to Letterkenny. is a Canadian television sitcom created by Jared Kiso and developed and primarily written by Kiso and Jacob. So it takes place in a small community called Letterkenny uh, filmed in Listow, Ontario. I wonder where that is compared to where I am. Hmm, let's just see, because I am also in Ontario. Oh, it's pretty pretty close from the looks of it. Let's look at the map here. Where did it go? Uh, eh. Okay, well, it, it, it's not crazy far. Perth. Okay, so it's a uh, it, it's west. Yeah, east west. Yeah, it's west of me somewhere. Anyways, we're not here to talk about where this town is in Ontario with relation to me because that's silly. We're here to talk about Letter Kenny, which is. Um, up there with trailer park boys now that that's a little more exaggerated with uh what canada is like <laughs> question mark i, I, I don't know it, it's sort of a, a quintessentially canadian television show uh uh very much reminds me of certain things being canadian in a small town uh i i i think you're gonna recognize things in this show uh <laughs> uh to to a freakish degree yeah maybe Uh, And the other thing I like about this, apparently it's very popular in the US, which um, is interesting because Trailer Park Boys and now this, that sometimes, for some reason, uh, Americans uh, develop a taste for a Canadian television show. Uh, I, I suppose you could throw in uh, Corner Gas probably with that. Uh, I think that did well in the U.S. as well. So it, it, it's funny to see what catches on and what doesn't in the U.S. from uh, uh, very sort of quintessentially Canadian shows. And, and, and I always sort of wonder, um, do Americans see this? Uh, see shows like this and think this is exactly what Canada is like, because in terms of, <laughs> if you did that with friggin' uh, Trailer Park Boys, uh, I gotta say, you must think we're insane, and uh, I will say, not a lot of things in Trailer Park Boys are accurate to Canada. Some are, some are, but uh, that one's a little further off than this, and uh, 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 uh Corner gas for sure. Also, uh, just watch, and we'll talk about this next episode. Uh, Mrs. and I just finished the first three seasons of Kim's Convenience, just on the note of uh, Canadian television shows. And that one, I feel, is maybe the closest. I don't know. Very, very close as well. That one's got a sort of a corner gas vibe, but we'll talk about that next week. Anyways, uh, Letter Kenny, season one, two, seven, gets a. I think I'm going to do it, folks. I think I'm going to go a 6 out of 5. Yeah, I, I really, really love uh, incredibly funny moments. It's almost like, ooh, you know what? This has just struck me. And I think I might make this the title of this episode. Letter Kenny is the uh, Canadian version of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ooh. Ooh, I, I feel like that has, has hit something in me. Interesting. Uh, let me type it out. Letter... Penny always Sunny is Canada. I'm sure I'll know what that means. Probably won't. Wouldn't be the first time where I did this and then looked back and said, What the hell does that mean? Alright, let's move on. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Nauticola. Thank you for that sponsorship in which we're talking Daisy. Ah, uh, you may have heard of this game. Uh, it's been on my uh, Steam wish list for probably years, I almost feel like. And uh, they always, always, always seem to do sales of, uh, w- whenever it's on sale, it's always 30% off. And that, as much fun as I thought I would have with the game, uh, the price was still too much that I thought I, I... Like, I was waiting for it to be on more. And, from my perspective, the uh, Steam winter sale just happened, and I do believe it was 35% off. So it was like the first time I ever saw the sale price be a little bit more, so I jumped on the bandwagon. Finally, uh, this is a game where I've watched uh, people stream... Uh, most notably uh, Normal Difficulty, who I have spoken of on this podcast since the very beginning, actually. Um, so I recommend you check out his stream. His daisy ones are great. And it always looked like a like a fun game. Reminded me a little bit of Rust, which I played the bejesus out of. Uh, and after playing, I can now verify, is very much like that. Yeah, hey, look at that. Um... It's a game in which you are uh, you are trying to survive in the zombie apocalypse, as you do. And um, that's basically it. You're gathering resources. You're trying to stay alive with food, uh, trying to stay alive by getting from point A to point B with uh, uh, zombies everywhere. Also, uh, this is all online, so there's other humans who, uh, as quite often in anything zombie-related, uh, movie, book, book, video game uh it's not necessarily the zombies you have to watch out for who are the most deadly it's the fellow human beings who are going to kill you uh i've actually been playing on maps because i don't really like online games necessarily especially because i will be killed if i get in a gun battle with someone who's played this for even uh, a little bit more than me they're going to kill me i'm not i'm not good at online shooting type game stuff so um I've been playing on servers where there's not a lot of humans, so it's just me and the world and zombies, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Rating-wise, one thing I'll say on the note of rating-wise is I want to be playing it right now, and as soon as I'm done, I'm going to start playing it. (laughs) Uh, I'm loving it. I love this type of game. Uh, My only gripe about it is the crafting, uh, and and some of the other mechanics are difficult to penetrate. Like Compared to uh, Rust, Uh, Building in that was fun and easy. Building in this, it's not fun, and it's not easy. Uh, It's, in fact, uh, incredibly difficult. So, that would be my knock against it. They need better crafting and building. Um, Still, it's fun to explore. The map is friggin' huge, I do believe. Uh, Like, I'm curious what I have explored of it. I haven't really gone into a major city. Like, I gotta find a city to go into. I, I think there's cities you can go into. I've just been in sort of little towns and hamlets and isolated... Uh, homesteads and stuff. Uh, Okay, so rating-wise, not having... My desire to play it is bringing it up. Oh god, this is a tough one to rate. Uh, I think I'll just go four. Four with the possibility of the rating changing one way or the other. How about that? Four convoluted. Let's move on to... Today's Internet Integral Sponsor is Yugo's Talent Agents Management and Lawyering. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item of the first, not another D&D podcast. Yes, I like that. With Amir. What? Amir Blumenfeld, you mean? Yes, I do. Of Jake and Amir. So, if you're unfamiliar with Jake and Amir, first of all, this is a Classic classic pity envy situation. I pity you because you've never seen any Jake and and I envy you because now you have hundreds of videos you can go watch on YouTube uh, or College Humor. Is that site still there? I don't know, but I know all the videos are on YouTube because I watched all of them, rewatched all of them, I should say. Uh, They were just uh, two guys, two idiots (laughs) working in an office. Uh, They were all filmed for College Humor uh, and they would get up to various hijinks. So, They have since moved on to uh, starting a podcast network. One of the podcasts on the network is not another D&D podcast in which, you guessed it, they play D&D. Now, Amir, of Jake and Amir, was never a part of this podcast. It was just Jake and uh, others playing the game. However, he decided for one episode and one episode only, who knows, maybe he'll pop back in, uh, to, (laughs) to make an appearance, to roll up a character and uh, join the game. Uh, join a DD and d game, uh, D&D, a d and game he has never played before, which uh, was not obvious, because he did a very fine job. Uh, the, you know, the new players to D&D, there's always going to be, and, and, and this I uh, welcome at my table, uh, questions about uh, how things happen, how things proceed, can I do this, blah blah blah. There was some of that, so uh, because this is a podcast that's many episodes in, uh, it's not something that it's something that happened in the first couple episodes as you do. Uh, but as people sort of found their stride, those things so start to slip away, obviously. Uh, so it, it was fun to hear uh, uh, someone seemingly and, and, and I don't know. I, I hope they talk about it on their podcast uh, if I were you uh how his uh how, how did he have fun did, did he enjoy did amir enjoy D? would he play again will he be back on the show again will he play just not on a show will he play just period full stop uh, i'm very very curious uh he played well well one thing uh murph the dm did which i thought was very smart uh the characters in the actual podcast because this is sort of like a one shot are like level 10, 15? I, I don't actually know what level they are, but they're but they're quite a bit higher. And if you're a new player and are suddenly playing at level 10, 15, or whatever, there's a lot to know. Your character is going to have a crap ton of abilities, uh, and it's going to be impossible to know them all because there's so many. So what he did was created a scenario in-game that explained why suddenly all their characters were de-leveled to level 3. So, uh, (laughs) it was funny because it it, did sort of make sense. If if you were playing D&D and suddenly your character who's level 15 is suddenly level 3 and you're losing all these cool abilities that you had, you're probably going to be a little upset, so... The, the, the normal players were like, oh, come on, man, what the fuck? Um, in, in a humorous way, in a humorous way. Um, but it made sense from Amir's perspective. Uh, doesn't have to learn all these crazy high-level abilities. Can start not from level 1, where you have almost no abilities, but from level 3, where you're a little flushed out uh, and it's probably not going to be overwhelming. He played a rogue, which is another smart maneuver. You don't want probably your first play to be with a magic user. Uh, less to remember. Uh, also, uh, something Murph did was smart was made this a uh, non-canonical uh, to the rest of the story. Uh, it, it involved helping the uh, uh which was also smart because it, it sort of brought it back to things that happened in the past of the uh, the, the main adventure. So, it sort of tied things together there. I, don't, I almost feel like it didn't have to be non-canonical. That's that's how well he did it. Um, it was a holiday episode, of course, as you do. And uh, last but not least, uh, there was a total party kill, uh, TPK, which uh, was the first has ever happened on the show. So I, I guess that was the one reason they had to make it non-canonical because everyone died. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Um, basically, uh, well, I, I won't give I won't give it away because uh, if you haven't listened to not another DMT podcast, this is potentially one you could start with just for the reason that. You don't necessarily have to know who everyone is. Um, There's going to be some in-jokes and references to things that happened in the past, but uh, because they have a new player at the table, they shied away from that a little more than normal, I do believe. So uh, check that out, please, and thank you. I recommend it. Similarly, I recommend Victor Lucas. In general, whatever he does, good dude. I've met him on several occasions, probably five, six, somewhere in that neighborhood. Always very, very nice, uh, uh, very personable, willing to chat, uh, just a, a nice Canadian dude. Uh, he has on this time of year, from my perspective, which I already give you the behind the scenes, uh, the Rocket and Raygun Awards. Yes, uh, have been watching these in one form or the other. Oh, geez, well, I used to be back on TV for, jeez, like o- over a decade, surely. I don't, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how long I've been watching Rocket and Raygun Awards on television, then on the internet. Uh, great stuff. Basically, it's his yearly best ofs. Uh, so this is the best ofs 2019. Uh, he broke it down this year into separate videos for each category uh, and, and then also would uh, uh, throw up some clips of others throwing in their reviews and one thing i'm curious of that is i i didn't recognize some of the well to be honest most of the people i didn't recognize and were they fans are they uh fellow uh video game reviewer folk like who some of them i i knew but some of them it just looked like a a, one of them in particular was just like a a guy sitting on his bed recording his thoughts about the, the the you know the best action video games of 2019 uh, and the production value was, uh, you know, <laughs> his bed wasn't even made. It look, it didn't look like, so that was an interesting one to throw in anyways. Uh, it, it definitely had that, uh, much more, uh, internet-y vibe, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention of Victor Lucas in video games was the fact that he was also a guest on kind of funny games. Yeah. So that was a uh, great to see, uh, Greg Miller was actually one of the people who they would cut to in the Rocket and Raygun awards as well. so uh, fun to see them interact with another. two people two two people in the video game industry talking to one another who clearly appreciate what each other do in the space. So uh, uh, just nice to see a sort of a, a warm fuzzy vibe to see these two interact and uh, clearly like and respect one another so, You know seeing things like that on the internet is not by any means a a, a for sure thing so it's it was nice to see these two uh do so let's move on to final thing to do oh shit you know what i pushed the wrong button last time i think did i oh no i didn't okay here we go Yes, a bonus because I thought I could throw in my uh, uh this and maybe the internet section or maybe the games section, but I wanted to devote specifically to the fact that I played my first time uh, uh online playing DD. No, that's not 100% true. I've had a few experiments with that, but. It was my first time having that session recorded and then released, although from my perspective, not released yet, as a podcast. Uh, So I've joined a a group of individuals called the Fire Breathing Kittens, which is a uh, podcast where people, you guessed it, played D&D. And then record the episodes and uh, post them online for you to listen to for your listening pleasure, I do believe, and hope. That is the goal. Uh, I was in episode number 55, which... Oh, it does have a name, too. Let me see if I can find what it's going to be called. Uh, As I scroll through many, many... uh, Cirque de Heist... uh, Horse with no name... The Old Switcheroo is the title of this particular episode... Uh, I was not there for the voting or the discussion of the episode that happened when I was offline. Damn, I might have had some it input, but that's a fine name. The old switcheroo. I don't really know what... Oh, okay, I think I know what that's referring to. Uh, so uh, uh, the the DM was uh, did, did a ballsy maneuver, let's say, <laughs> and chose to do a heist episode. Now, uh, if you're unfamiliar with uh, D&D the styles of uh, stories, styles of sessions you can run. Uh, a heist is one of the most difficult to do so. Uh, and it was also my first time doing it, so I was doubly nervous, which I, I think probably came across in that I didn't talk as much as I probably would have if it was uh, A, a non-heist, and B, uh, it was a little more relaxed with players I've never... Let me throw all the things at you. Players I've never played with, Uh, DM I've never played with Uh, Character I've never played with Uh, Race I've never played with Uh, I played a Tiefling uh, Warlock Warlock I've never played with Uh, (laughs) Jesus, it's amazing I didn't explode Uh, 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 Skype, which I've never played on Uh, Recording as a podcast, which I've never done So, uh, I'm saying all these things because I feel like I didn't do as good as I wished I had have So uh, episode 56 is coming up um, uh, of that podcast, and uh, I signed up for that. They do a cool thing in this. uh, It's a sort of Facebook group as well, where we're all members of, where uh, it's not a set cast, and the stories are not ongoing. So it's rather a series of one-shots. The reason this is smart is because you can have different players uh, each session, so say if one player can't make it, you have sort of a pool of players to pull from, and also the fact that it's it's loosely connected in that uh, we're all members of a guild called the, uh, yes, Fire Breathing Kittens, uh, and, and we respond to job postings on a board, and then that is that session, and it's sort of encapsulated, which which uh, I think is a very smart thing to do, particularly with Um, not having the same characters, it makes sense to not have an ongoing story. Also, you could pick up and play any episode and not be missing too much. But that was my other sort of, uh, worry slash... Uh, I didn't feel great about how I did was that uh, these three players had all played together before so I don't know if I fit in as well as I could have uh, um, and, and sort of they like knew each other's backstories a little bit whereas I did not to the, the degree that they did uh, so I, I don't know I, I think maybe it's just something that with time we'll do better at which is the same with anything you know anything in life The more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Except for, I don't know, skydiving without a parachute. Probably not going to get better at that the more you do it. Folks, what a way to go out. (laughs) What a way to go out. Uh, Oh, uh, the sponsor of this cleanup conversation was Fire Breathing Kitten Security Consultants. Uh, Yeah, that was the other sort of interesting thing. Uh, The DM further made it difficult for herself on top of doing a heist. Uh, <laughs> through in the, the, the added difficulty of uh, giving us the option of choosing to A, do the heist, or B, be the security to prevent the heist. Uh, we went with security because uh, uh, two of uh, the four of us were uh, good aligned and were having difficulty deciding that they're good aligned, figuring out ways in which their good aligned characters would pull off a heist. Uh, I'm playing an evil character who's trying to do good, so it was actually easier for me to justify doing the security than it would have been to do the heist, but I could have gone either way. I I could have just said, yeah, do the heist, and then, you know, give the goods to the poor. Whatever. Like a Robin Hood-style guy. Uh, uh, The other thing I was debating, and you know what I'll I'll do? And I I don't think I've ever done anything like this. Normally I would, whenever I play D&D, write little recaps for the sessions. But because this is recorded, I didn't think I would do that for these. Because it's just a recording. You can go listen to it rather than read the recap. Uh, So I'm going to post a link to it below. And uh, you you can uh, listen to that and let me know what you think. How about that? Folks, we did it. This was a longer than I had planned episode, as usual. God damn it. I guess that leaves a final thing to say, which is always oh, is the final thing to say, which is, of course, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things, and I do not mean But You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and, babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine